if this is a joke, I'm going to kill you. It is. <laughs> and this is the problem I suffer of the kid cries wolf too many times. Yes. Because, and I appreciate that, and I can swear to you it is not a joke. Okay. I'll end this by saying that story is total bull****, everything I just told you. None of that happened. I made up that entire story. Gene! Hi, I'm Gene Galvin, and I'm a professional storyteller. Well, that's a bit of a euphemism. The fact is, I can lie like a Persian rug. Look, there are times in life when the truth is just more trouble than it's worth. For example, your boss is putting unfair pressure on you to perform. Or maybe you're trying to win a political argument, and your facts are weak. Or maybe you were just too lazy to put together any facts at all. In those circumstances, you need some coaching so you don't have those lying eyes. So come to Gene Galvin's Pants on Fire Verbal Realignment <laughs> Seminar. This seminar features sample lies by me, Gene Galvin. There are also role-playing exercises and a clothing consultation where we show you how to distract from your tall tales with a simple mixing of certain colors or clever hat choices or maybe a mustache disguise. So go online now and sign up for Gene Galvin's Pants on Fire Verbal Realignment Seminar and make your life easier. This will work. I guarantee it. No, seriously. I swear. If this is a joke, I'm going to kill you. Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me. I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. Oh. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Springer! That upper deck, when we fill the upper deck, it, it gets me going. I, you know, talk you guys, about I almost inspiration. said, I almost said Gene Springer. <laughs> I had one job. Yeah, you have one job. Well, you had one job. <laughs> no. Hey, hey uh, Gene. Yeah, what's going on? Well, why well, am I asking you what's going on? Because whatever you say is going to be a lie. Yeah. Have you ever thought about running for president? Oh. Uh, well, you know, uh, for people who, because people listen to podcasts lots of ways, they don't hear necessarily every episode. We want them to. They are in sequence. But we did an episode where, just to recap real fast, Jerry and Maria put a lot of pressure on me to be creative and to have good stuff. <laughs> I'm not that creative. I don't have an interesting life whatsoever. This so is the perfect was, guy to be our executive producer. So yeah. I have, have been pressured into just making crap up. So I made up this story, and then I had to admit it was a lie. And anyway, that's what that is. But I tried to make some uh, lemonade out of lemons, and so I have this company I formed based in Ludlow, Kentucky. Uh, I've had other companies here in Ludlow, Kentucky, the Trent? Ludlow City Bus Company, and yeah, that was some other businesses. Um, success. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's a seminar, and I'm pushing people to join it. And you go online. It's on our website, jerryspringer.com. But we've gotten, we did get some reaction. 
and I don't know whether this is good or bad because some of the reaction is positive, some is negative. We you mean some, just the announcement of you starting this? Just company. the show? No, it was oh. the episode. We oh, got yeah. some people who listened to the episode, and it's running right now. Correct, David? Proof? Yeah, it's up on the JerrySpringer.com. And I started to get emails. I get just hundreds, sometimes thousands of emails, and I've gotten a <laughs> is lot this of part them. Of the lying? No, I I, oh. I don't lie. Anyway. <laughs> So here's one. Uh, I'm not going to say who and what because some of these are, I don't know. Uh, Dear podcast, I just listened to your show in which Gene Galvin told a story about bike camping and having a scare with a mysterious creature. Let's call it what it really was. It wasn't an entertaining outdoor campfire story. It was a bald-faced lie. And such banter is never to be celebrated or encouraged. Something about you. Mr. Springer strikes me is an honorable, vulnerable man. This is <laughs> bullshit. This is not. This is not a model of behavior he should be exposed to. I suggest that Mr. Galvin ties with the podcast be cut. Oh. Ooh. Oh, this suggests. Yeah. Well, Gene, we've decided to move in another direction. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's been nice working with you. Here's yeah. one addressed directly to you. Uh, dear Mr. Springer, I have been to that campsite that Mr. Galvin talked about. I felt it was very squatchy there. Now, I know that term. See, that Sasquatch is yeah. a Bigfoot. And, yeah. the sa- and the Bigfoot people call, they'll say, be in a camping area or a woodsy area and say, this feels kind of squatchy. Like, the, <laughs> like it's where they live, like <laughs> what they would like. That's so weird. I felt it was very squatchy there. So I found his story to be very helpful for those of us who both love the outdoors and also have an affinity for deceit. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> He's invaluable to your show. So while you want to like push me out real fast, yeah. let's counterbalance that a little bit. Yeah. That's a, here's one last one. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one disturbed me. This one disturbed this me. Disturbed me. Addressed to Jerry Springer again. Yeah. Dear Jerry Springer, mm. I'm in the fourth grade at Ishmael Hebrew School in the Bronx. I listened to your last show and learned many important lessons. Yes. You forgot to put the S on the end. Yeah. Lie to my parents, to my teachers, to my friends, and to my rabbis. Correct? Message me back if I misunderstood what your show was trying to teach me. Okay. Thanks. I will answer him in Hebrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Schmuck. <laughs> The kid or me? No. He's yeah, a fourth yeah, yeah. grader. He's yeah, a fourth grader. Maria, come on. Maria, it's a fourth grader. How do you say big jerk in yeah. Hebrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schmuck. Stick to brick. Oh, so now we're going to do like a Yiddish seminar? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so anyway, if people want to learn how to tell better stories, to lie, uh, sign up. Here's, um, the, here's, here's This is the truth. Yes. You took, let's say, 20 minutes of your life. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Probably sitting at home in your office, whatever. It'd be two hours, actually. I'm just not that smart. <laughs> it's okay. And you actually 
wrote that. Wrote I mean, these? two hours. What are you of, saying? Two these hours, came in over two the. Two hours of your life. These came planning. over the, the web net. Was there <laughs> nothing <laughs> else to do? Was there no dust on some of the furniture? You could have. Hey, so. Oh, uh, thank you, Gene. Uh, yeah, and, and I uh, <laughs> want to ask you something uh, politically. And by the way, stick around because we have Robert Lowell coming up as a musical artist. He's very good. Mm -hmm. Good. And, uh, but. Um, so I fell off my bike again. Again? What? You need to learn how to ride a yeah, bike, Yeah, you think, James. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you yeah, you, you seriously did. Jerry, you can yeah. give us some lessons. Yeah, Jerry's going to give us a lesson. No, I was riding downtown Cincinnati. This is the, but, but seriously, this is the Well, the first time, time was two? on raining, mud. Uh, Sometimes it rains. It does, yeah. And on this well, earth, You never go out on your bike ever if it rains. I don't never, go outdoors never. if it rains. You don't go outside. <laughs> No, I hit. You could get. Hey, wet. have you ever ridden uh, or you, you know Maria? Like downtown Cincinnati, like a lot of cities have streetcars now. They're very cool, mm -hmm. and it's uh, kind of a fun, almost like an amusement park ride. And it drives a lot of economics. I, I'm a great supporter of those in cities, really around the world, not just in the U.S. but around the world. Some have protected them. Some have brought them back. Cincinnati brought them back. So there are tracks that run for a few miles through the downtown area. Cyclists know, we're talking bicyclists, not motorcyclists, maybe them too. You gotta hit those tracks perpendicular, or at least with a good enough of an angle. You, get, you hit them like parallel, yes. your wheel will drop in, and you'll probably go down. Mm -hmm. We all know that, I know that. <laughs> Did you forget? So, so I didn't do it, <laughs> so, I hit a, so I hit a track with not the right angle, Oh no! Were you and as time I in was going weeks? down, I was thinking, "Damn, this is like the second time in a month." Gene, were yeah. you trying to do tricks on it? No, 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 no. Just trying to get. There's a car behind me, and I thought, oh, "I'll kind of dodge out of the way and oh, give no. that car." But you really to, ride? I mean, I ride you, a lot. I'm about to go on a 180 mile ride starting next week, so I'd ride uh, quite. How a many bit. times are you going to fall on that one? Well, no. Well, we'll have to see you, what happens. <laughs> Look, Jerry, here's a deal. You went, let's say, two miles in downtown Cincinnati. So if you fall well, actually, every two I wrote miles, from my you're going to fall 90 times. <laughs> I never did. I didn't look at it statistically. Here's the argument I would make. What? You want to stay at home and lie on the couch and watch cable? Is and that what you want your life to be? Or are you going to go out into the world and engage? And Take fall a few chances. Maybe you will. Yes. But you want to just sit there and you, you don't have... He doesn't get on a couch. He has an entertainment studio, he calls it. Ooh. It's the size of a theater. And he has four big screen TVs. And he's like, oh, I'm tired of that movie. I'll put it on pause. He starts another damn movie <laughs> over here till he gets bored. He gets bored very easily. Because Jerry's life is click, pause, click, pause. No, Andrew the butler changes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am I right, though? You have an entertainment studio, you've no, called it. No, that's your other thing. <laughs> this guy out here. But, uh, no, yeah, going outdoors can be dangerous. You think but so? I didn't. You probably <laughs> learned that from your mom when you were a kid. Oh, 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 actually, that's not true, because I have been to your old neighborhood many times. It is dangerous. No, no, you did, you and your buddies did all the same thing, all of us other kids in America. I'm growing up in Cincinnati. You were growing up in Queens and New York. And you played stickball 
behind your apartment building. They you did, did all that stuff. But I, I was the only kid that had to wear galoshes when I... <laughs> yeah, in the summer. When <laughs> My mother said, Gerald, it could rain late in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Put on your galoshes. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. That was, that was mom. But she kept me protected, God love her. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> there is an election coming up. Tonight, as we record this, there is the second... The first of two episodes of the second national Democratic primary debate. This one's sponsored by CNN. And as we are recording this, they are about to do one of those. So we're in the election season. The presidential election is coming on us fast. And we're Democrats. What would the consequences be of a Trump election if he got reelected? Have you sort of thought that through yet? Well, I think about it a lot, as many Americans do. Um, there, the, there are two thoughts that come to mind. The first one is the more obvious one, that there's the, you know, he's an immediate threat to our national security, if you consider his basic surrender to the Russians or what they want, what Russia wants America to become. Um, you know, his ruining the whole North Korea strategy. They're now back to building missiles again. Plus, we gave up our presence there. Um, uh, breaking up the Iran deal, so Iran's uh, back to uh, nuclear weapons. Uh, dismantling, in a sense, NATO and uh, ruining relationships with our allies. So that is the immediate consequence of a Trump presidency, all the trouble we're in now internationally. But I think there's a greater issue even that affects what America is and will become if he is reelected. Let me see if I can explain that. I think this election is about preserving our democracy. We need to make clear that America will not have an authoritarian government ruled by a dictator, that we will not have a president who is above the law. In other words, a president that could do anything he wants and can never be held responsible for it. Now, when our country was formed, which is hard for us to, we don't take it that seriously today, but when our country was formed, the Founding Fathers, they were preoccupied with this notion that we have a country, but we can't have a king. I mean, that's, that's what this whole th revolution was about. We wanted to get away from a king. And virtually every other country on the planet had a dictator, a king, a monarch, whatever. So they were very afraid of that. And so when they had the Constitutional Convention and how we're going to set up a government because we had 13 separate colonies and now we have to make them one nation and how are we going to have a whole nation without a, quote, strong authoritarian leader, they figured out we have to put limitations on whoever this leader is going to be. But we have to make clear we don't want a king. So they put limitations on the president. In fact, they called him a president, a presider of our government, rather than a dictator of the government. And the restrictions were, one, he would be elected every four years by whatever we decided the citizenry was, but the people would elect 
who the president was, and he would only serve, he would serve a four-year term. And if it was going to be more than that, that he would have to be reelected. They also created a government where there'd be the separation of powers. So a president couldn't do everything he wanted because the laws were passed by Congress, and even the Congress was split up. So you had the Congress, and then you had the Senate. And then if there was a dispute about what laws they passed and the president didn't like it, you had the third branch of government, which was the judicial system, the courts. So in other words, they built a system which confine the powers that a president, the leader, could have. In fact, you ever wonder why the Constitution has a sentence which says the president of the United States has to have been born in America? I mean, why did we just pick one person and say that person has to be born in America? It's because they were preoccupied with this fear that whoever the president was going to be could still be British, could still have an allegiance to England. That's why the sentence was put in there. There's no other logical reason for it. Otherwise, why wouldn't you say senators have to be born in America? Congressmen have to be born, mayors, everybody. The reason they just said the president is because they didn't want a king, and they wanted no relationship with the king of England. That's why the sentence was put in. So that is what our founding fathers were scared of. That was the whole creation of America. We would not have a dictator leading the people. But the issue came up at the Constitutional Convention. Okay, you elect a president every four years, and you've got these limitations. But what if he commits crimes? What if he commits treasonous acts? What if he makes deals against, doesn't faithfully execute the laws of the land and has making secret deals with foreign countries? What if he does that in the second year that he's president? We got to still live with a dictator or a criminal for the next two years? So they debated the issue of whether they should have something called impeachment. That's where impeachment came to be, because they didn't even want to risk a four-year term with a criminal in the White House or a tyrant in the White House. So they decided, after much debate, Yes, we will have impeachment. But because we wanted stability in the, gun, in the country and not, you know, every year removing a president, even though he was elected, they made impeachment difficult. And they said the Congress can bring articles of impeachment, but then you're only removed if two-thirds of the Senate does away with you. So therefore, it would be beyond, you know, partisanship, et cetera. So that's where they came up with impeachment. The problem is, as we're facing today... Our founding fathers never thought about political parties because there were none. We didn't have political parties until 1800. So they didn't think of the possibility that you could impeach a president, but you would never get two-thirds of the Senate to get rid of the president because two-thirds of the Senate was of the same political party as the president, which is the situation we have today, where you're never going to get two-thirds of the Senate to get rid of Trump because the majority of the Senate is of his party. So the Founding Fathers never thought of that possibility. So now we're kind of stuck. We have impeachment as a way to deal with a criminal president, but impeachment doesn't work. You could impeach, but you couldn't remove him from office as a practical matter. So that means the only remaining remedy are the courts, 
Ah, we could indict the president. We could prosecute him for crimes he commits. If he shoots someone on Fifth Avenue, as the president was, you know, gave as an example, you know, not seriously, but he was saying, you know, I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and uh, they couldn't touch me. Well, the Justice Department has a policy, as we now all know, which says you can't indict a sitting president. So now the courts can't be used. Except, and it kind of was talked about in the hearings uh, last week, two weeks ago, that you can indict a president once he leaves office. Ah, so maybe that's how we can hold future presidents, and this one as well, accountable, because they don't want to go to jail when they leave office, so they'll behave. But there's a problem here, too, called the statute of limitations. If President Trump gets reelected, that means he won't leave office until 2025, and the statute of limitations will have run regarding any of the crimes he committed in the Mueller report, you know, during his campaign and his years, the first term in office. So in other words, we are left. Impeachment is not a real possibility, not with uh, the Republicans in control of the Senate. You can't indict a sitting president. The courts are not a remedy if he gets reelected because the statute of limitations will have run by the time he's out of office. So that brings us to exactly what this election is about. If Trump is reelected, we will have established the precedent for all time that an American president can do whatever he or she wants. No rules. You are above the law. You can kill people. You can be treasonous. You can make financial deals with our enemies. You can do whatever you want, and you can never be held accountable. That is the end of democracy if that happens. Then we are no different than any dictatorship. We're no different than Russia. We're no different than North Korea. You could have a president that says, you know what? I don't like the color of your skin. We're locking you up. And he's the chief executive. He gets his, his soldiers, whatever, to lock these people up. What are you going to do? He can do whatever he wants. Therefore, this election is not just about getting rid of Trump because we don't like his policies and how he's hurting America. This election coming up is about getting rid of Trump because if we don't get rid of him, we have destroyed the presidency the presidency is no longer accountable to the American people. All right, everyone. Um, I'd like to go ahead and introduce our musical guest for the evening. We are so excited to have Robert Lowell on the podcast tonight. He's an incredible singer-songwriter, uh, one of Ludlow's own as well, so we're um, super fortunate to have him here. How about we give him a big round of applause? This is Robert Lowell. Thank you, Maria. You are uh, far too kind to me every time. 
Oh, you are. I, you guys, Robert is one of the um, best singer songwriters. Okay, if you don't stop her now, she won't so, uh, stop. <laughs> I actually ended up uh, coming out with my album this year, and I picked Rob Robert as um, the the man to open up the whole show. Oh, so very nice. Yeah. The other guys said no. <laughs> stop. No, why am I doing that to you? Yeah. I suspected nice it to... when she asked me. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, no. Not at all. Not at all. It's great to have you. Tell us what Thank you're you. gonna play for us. Well, I'm going to, uh, for better or for worse, play a song that I just finished uh, writing this morning. Oh, wow. So uh, you all are the first to hear it, okay. for better or for Woo. worse. It's called uh, Forked Tongues. I live somewhere in between the walking dead and the living Somewhere harder than rock, darker than a stumbling place Where my blood is 80 proof and that's the goddamn truth And I catch fire every time I try to make a right move Don't you tell me everybody's got it easy Don't you tell me nobody's got it hard Maybe you've been spending too much time Too much time hanging out in your own backyard I can't read between the lines of everything in your mind And all the things your forked tongue does say And someday those lines you keep trying to throw my way Someday you're gonna have to throw them away Cause fighting just for fighting's sake is what you want Everybody got a little point in the book of the tongue Movie stars and big cigars in topless bars Everybody saying that they're praying while they're holding a gun Yeah, everybody saying that they're praying while they're holding a gun Everybody saying that they're praying while they're holding a gun Glad we didn't do the podcast last night because you wouldn't have finished the song. Yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was great. 
Thank you very Great. much. Thank you. Mm. Uh, Robert, will you tell us where we can hear more of that? Uh, well, more of that song you can't hear yet because it's not recorded, but I do play... In, just uh, did it this morning. Okay. <laughs> I do play in a band called Warwick and Lowell with my brother. My brother is Jonathan Warwick Ford, and I'm Robert Lowell Ford. And uh, you, can, uh, you can check up on us on Facebook or our website, which is www.warrickandlowell.com. That's W-A-R-R-I-C-K-A-N-D-L-O-W-E-L-L.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, uh, we got a new album coming out on August 10th called Absinthe Nights that we've been working on for about a year, and uh, we're really excited about it. So yeah, give us a give us a shout. Yeah, yeah. And you have you have an album out as well, right? I do. I have actually have a couple solo albums out, but the last one I put out is called uh, Smoke Signal, and I had a lot of uh, local musicians help me out on it, including um, Hannah Ray Matthew from Ludlow, Kentucky, um, and uh, some musicians from Young Heirlooms uh, that that helped me uh, with the instrumentation on the record, and it was a lot of fun to do. It's a fabulous album. So if you if you guys are wanting to look for that as well, is that, is that online too? You can actually order that on the Warwick and Lowell website. Oh, so great. It's available there. W-A-R-R-I-C-K-A-N-D-L-O-W-E-L-L.com. You got it. Or as Gene says. Double on means L-L. Right. Yeah. yeah, okay, just yeah. want to clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> or as Gene says, uh, on the webnet. On the webnet, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robert, will you take us out um, on uh, down by down the river? Yeah, and have, have a Jerry sing along, maybe? Absolutely. That'd be amazing. Now, I've been, I've been told that you like to do this in the key of D. The word is out. (laughs) Everybody's talking. I was standing at a red light the other day. Someone said, Yeah, D, right? Jerry, you taking the second verse? Yeah, I'll take the second verse. I'll take the second one. Gonna lay down my heavy load down by the riverside. Down by the riverside, down by the riverside, I'm gonna lay down my heavy load. Down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I ain't gonna study more no more. Ain't gonna study more no more. Ain't gonna study. Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. 
Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Oh